forever. Dog. Hey guys, it's Gabby, and you're listening to this episode today on March 31st, and that means that the Bad With Money podcast is back. That is my other podcast. It's a financial podcast that's about finances and feelings. Uh, We talk a lot about social justice. We interview people who are not straight white cis men. It's a money show that will make you feel comfortable, uh, and I ask all your favorite, very obvious questions. JK, they're not obvious. We were not taught anything in school. We don't know anything about financial literacy. If you want to come learn in an environment that doesn't make you feel embarrassed, Bad With Money is the place for you. So go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts and start the new season of Bad With Money today. Just between us. Just between us. I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and a minus four in both eyes. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink, and former resident of Broward County. Where's that? Florida. Oh. (laughs) Do you know what a minus four in both eyes meant? No, what does it mean? In my contact prescription. Oh, well, what? I mean, I assumed it was a prescription. (laughs) I didn't think your eyes got ratings. (laughs) I just wanted to clarify in case for people out there with 2020 vision who weren't aware what that meant. Wait, so does that mean that 2020 is the best you could have and minus four is like really bad? Oh, I don't think 2020 is actually the best you can have. I've heard people can have better than 2020, (laughs) but the contact prescriptions are on a different scale than the 2020 ratings, I believe. I like when there's a topic and the two of us know absolutely nothing about it. And we just like act like, yeah, of course. Like mostly it happens with geography, but I just am really uh, glad it's happening medically right now. Yeah. And with geography, because I had no idea where that county was. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad, um, my dad mailed me his letter from his letterman jacket where he was on the golf team in high Mm. school uh and so it's a big b right next to me uh that i guess i'm gonna sew or put onto a jacket or something but he was like you can tell people it's hockey sticks because golf is geeky i guess i was like no it's so cute that you were on the golf team and you got like a a jock letter you get to be like a letterman jock in the 60s and you're just like a golf you're on the golf team I don't think of golf as geeky. I think of it as privileged. Yeah, but it was like a public school with no, they didn't have any money. It wasn't like a, where were they playing? Now that you say this, where were they playing golf? Maybe on public courses, but traditionally you have to be pretty rich to play golf. That's true. Maybe he's fully lying. Do you think he's lying? (laughs) Your dad? Never. (laughs) It just occurred to me like, where, wait a minute. You ask like a few questions, it all falls apart. Where were you playing golf? (laughs) Because like, you know, think about country club. You know what I mean? I don't know. They don't let Jews in there. Yeah. Like everything about it. I was like, your dad, (laughs) but your dad wasn't poor growing up. Once his mom married his stepdad. Yes, that is true. They had money. May May, my grandmother who passed away in 2018, who was like just such a iconic Marilyn Monroe meets Lucille Bluth uh, person (laughs) who I... I, as a child was like, didn't really like and was scared of. And now, and then as an adult was just like, I, she's such a bitch and I love her. And 
I was telling someone this the other day. So she, yes, she married a rich man her third time around. And then they had, they moved way, way, way up in life. But I was telling someone about how, so she lied about her age always. She was like, always like, oh, I'm three years younger than I said or whatever. And then she just kept that going. And so when she passed away, uh, we had this conundrum with her tombstone where we were like, do we put her real birthday or her fake birthday? Uh, And we were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let her have it. So her tombstone <laughs> has her fake birthday on it. We were like, let her, what, what are we going to do? Embarrass her in death? Like, just let her have it. So her tombstone has uh, her complete wrong I love that birth so on much. it. <laughs> we're not going to, what are we going to do? Expose her now? No. <laughs> My grandma who passed away in 2020, it's like so weird to like lose someone during 2020, but like not from COVID. Yeah. You know, and then like not have been able to like mourn her in the way that she wanted to be mourned Mm -hmm. because she loved attention, (laughs) you know, and like my mom brought this up. She was like, you know, like I wasn't even able to go to the funeral and Mm -hmm. like it was very small. And my mom was like, Grandma would have wanted like the biggest fucking thing, you know, know. like and so we were talking about maybe like. And the year anniversary, which is when Jews anyway tend to like reveal the the, the gravestone, mm-hmm. doing like just like a blowout where like she gets the attention <laughs> that she deserves and desires. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so I think that's great. I think you should, because if that's the type of person she was, then do it. at Oh, absolutely. She wanted to celebrate everything. She wanted to have like every anniversary, every birthday. She wanted speeches for everything. You know what I mean? Like she wanted (laughs) fucking attention. And what's really nice is like my grandpa wanted everyone to like because she had had three sons and and so three daughters in law. And he had everyone like divide her jewelry. Um, And my mom got me her watch. And so I've been wearing her watch every day, which has been really nice. What you're describing sounds like May May too. Like this is such a, a like people from a certain generation maybe or Jewish. Like I'm not really sure, but like May May too was like so into attention. I remember like for her 80th birthday, she this is how much she doubled down on the the date of birth lie. Is that for her quote unquote 80th birthday, which was actually her 83rd birthday, she made everyone in our family go to Vegas for like three days (laughs) and just celebrate her fancy restaurants, all this stuff to celebrate her 80th birthday. And it was like a guilt trip thing of like, you have to, it's my 80th birthday or whatever. And we were like all whispering to each other, like, ma'am, she is 83. And she's like, happy 80th birthday to me. Everyone's not only am I lying, but we're going to have a big to do about it. I love that so much. Fantastic. Good for you. My grandma died in October and there's like two things happened in November where like where the timing was good and then bad where one, I'm so sad that she doesn't know that Trump lost. Yeah, I'm I'm like that would have brought her such joy. And then I'm so glad that she doesn't know Jake left. Yes. (laughs) Where I'm just so happy she died thinking I was happily engaged and going to get married. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's so dark. (laughs) You know, but like, thank God she thinks that, you know what I mean? Like, I wish she'd. 
I wish somehow she had passed like those like two weeks between where like, you know, mm-hmm. somehow like on like November 10th or something. Yeah. Like, so know she would I mean? know Trump lost, but she <laughs> but, would still think that you were engaged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was nice that May May got to meet some of my partners and like know my queerness and know mm-hmm. like, you know, that was really lovely late in, in her later years where. I mean, <laughs> she really tried her best. Like one time when I was dating my partner, who's now named Jamie, I brought a picture I, or I was talking to Maymay at like the dinner table. And I was like, so I have a, a like a girlfriend. And Maymay was like, OK, let me see a picture. And so I showed uh, a picture of of Jamie to Maymay. And she said, may I speak freely? And my parents said, no, you may not. And I said, <laughs> absolutely, you may. And she said, she's quite a masculine woman. And I, as if I wouldn't know. And I was like, no, I know. And she was like, oh, you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's like sort of part of it. And Mamie was like, oh, okay. Well, as long as you know. And my parents were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Willis is dying. (laughs) Anyway, this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice. Ridiculous games and brutal honesty from dead grandmas. <laughs> I will say one funny thing that Maymay did is that she would keep screwing up Jamie's pronouns. So sometimes, so like in one sentence, she would be like, she would be like, oh, so she really loves the art. So I showed it to him. And then I said that they could have like in one sentence. And at the time, Jamie was like, honestly, the only person gendering me correctly is Maymay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well this week on the show we are going to be discussing goals as our topic i think sometimes it's nice to just check in and and share Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know uh melissa will be joining us for that combo we all wrote some down ahead of time do you guys like it when i gave you homework assignments yeah, I yep, I love homework. <laughs> and when we return from break, we'll be answering a listener's question. So stick around. Just between us. We're back. You know what that means. Hit it. International question. International question. International question. Mandy. Cleveland, Ohio. Mandy's TLDR. How do I deal with the waiting and rejection from schools? Oof. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Allison and Gabby. My name is Mandy and I am currently in Cleveland, Ohio. I am a longtime fan of yours and grew up watching your videos on YouTube and am now binging your podcast. I figured it's a great time to seek your help since your advice has recently been so comforting and salient for me. Also, thanks, Gabby, for being a bicom before I even needed one. But this question might be mostly for Allison. Sorry. This sums up up the whole show. (laughs) I recently applied to clinical mental health counseling programs. I applied to four programs and got an interview for all of them, which felt great. But the interviews were group style over Zoom. It felt really hard to make any kind of impression because of Mm. how little I was able to talk and giving other people space to answer questions. I know I will be dealing with some rejection and might not even get into any of the schools. Mm -hmm. I would love your advice about accepting rejection in academia when school and performing well has always been an area that boosted my self-esteem. Any advice about sitting in the anxiety of waiting to hear back for weeks and not being able to plan for what could happen would be amazing and relieving. 
I hope you both are doing well. And from a viewer's perspective, I am so proud of your growth and honesty. Thank you. Okay, so what? Uh, since this question was initially for you, what are your thoughts? So this is really interesting because um, I was talking to one of my friends who um, has also been in the process of applying to uh, graduate programs for um, MFT programs, which is marriage and family um, therapy, and which is the program I'm I'm currently in. And, you know, she also uh, dealt with um, a rejection from a program that that she really wanted to get into. We were sort of talking it through. And I'm also someone who worked really hard in school and mm-hmm. and growing up that was like such a huge part of my identity and like the idea of like a b plus was like horrifying to me, me too. and i couldn't even imagine it and you know my self-worth was intrinsically tied to my gpa me too and so you know talking with her and a kind of a big part of what i said was the thing is is that these people don't know you <laughs> you know <laughs> A big part of this application process is that like there are so many applicants that Mm -hmm. like they are make you have no idea what they're making these decisions off of. Mm -hmm. Like like you said, you are in these group discussions like they're it's not like you're having these like intensive two hour one on one interviews where these people really get to know you. And then like they even have the ability to reject you like. They're, they're not even rejecting you because they don't even know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that element of it. And then I think that another huge element of it is like is separating the difference between yourself as a student and then what you actually want to do with your life. Oh, OK. Right. And so like because up until now you've just been a student, that's been your identity. So like how you do in school and what school you get into is like how you view your self-worth. But, you know, you're going to school to be a mental health professional. And what really matters is how good of a mental health professional you're going to be. And at the end of the day, what school you go to doesn't really determine that. It's really, you know, it's really a lot more about like how you apply what you learn in whatever program you end up going to, to working with clients and Mm -hmm. being a mental health professional, like you're never going to stop learning, (laughs) you know, like you're going to keep going to training programs. You're going to continuously learn things on your own. You're going to keep reading books. You're going to keep consulting with people. You're going to learn things just by being in the room with clients, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that the more that you start thinking about school and these programs as being your end goal and start thinking more about the end goal being like you as a mental health professional, Mm -hmm being the end goal and that that being a lifelong thing and that that being something that you will continuously be growing into and learning and evolving, then the rejection of these schools, which may or may not happen. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you might get into all four. I have no idea. (laughs) But like, I really truly believe that like the placement in these schools really doesn't matter. I have no idea what schools any of my therapists have been to. Yes. You know? like, yes. <laughs> the older I get, the less I care about the prestige of schooling. Mm-hmm. I think it is so much more about the application of what people learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that like you can go to the best school in the world and and still be really shitty at that field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my dad went to night school at some some like not well thought of law school Mm -hmm. while he was an accountant and then became like one of the top lawyers in his area of law. 
-hmm. You know, like the school level really doesn't matter. It's much more like once you're in the field, working in the field, how you apply that knowledge, how you like the continuing education in that field. And so I think once you switch from thinking of yourself just as a student to thinking of yourself as someone in that field, then I think you can take a lot of the pressure off yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. I think... Uh, All right, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The only thing that I can speak to really is like sitting in anxiety and not being able to plan Mm -hmm. what will happen in the future, which in general is life itself. You have no idea what's going to happen in the future. I'm sure people that applied to colleges and got in and then COVID hit. I mean, you had no concept of what your freshman year was going to look like or be. You can plan, plan, plan for all of this stuff. And the thing that's going to happen is something that you haven't even fathomed. And so I think you can only take it by that day. And like Allison said, they're not rejecting you. It's like a wide swath of like a a million different. I mean, it's like auditioning almost, right? Where you're like, oh, I wasn't the best actor. And it's like, well, no, that's just like not what they were looking for. Like I have two friends who are dating and they often audition for the same roles. And my partner was saying, does that cause any conflict? And they were like, no, because if someone wants Ava, then they don't want Alexis. And if someone wants Alexis, then they don't want Ava. And it comes Mm -hmm. down to like nothing personal. I think like that school, you know, might you can't sit there and ruminate on like, what could I have done differently? Who, What kind of different person could I be to get this or whatever? Because you're just the person you are. So you kind of have to just be like, you want to go with who wants you, you know? And sitting in the anxiety, think of it as a, wow, so many options for the future. Like who knows what it'll be and not try to get hung up on one. I say this a lot, but like, with internships, when I was in college, I would al- I would get so ahead of myself where I would apply to these internships. And then I'd be like, what is it going to be like to live in Denver? And like, or, <laughs> you know, like all these things. And I never ended up at any of those places. Or I would get really fixated on one internship. I remember like I got an internship at The Daily Show and I was like, that's the only internship I can do. All other internships are bad. I need that one. I need to get that one. I did the same thing with Northwestern. I was like, I have to go to Northwestern. I have to. And so when you get so hung up on like one place or one goal, it doesn't let you enjoy the variety of what could happen. Look, Gabby got an internship at The Daily Show. I got rejected from an internship at The Daily Show. We're comedy partners hosting the same (laughs) podcast. You know what I mean? So all the time you think that this one rejection is going to prevent you from a certain life path, but like you can still get to the same destination from so many different avenues. I truly thought I was going to Northwestern. I was like, I'm going to Northwestern. I'm going to be in Chicago. Like, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I like based my whole, I like bought merch. I went to the like future student groups. Like Mm -hmm. I did all of this stuff. I I did. I met with, with alumni. Like I did everything. Didn't get in. Fully did not get in. And like, that was so devastating for me. I only zeroed in on that one place. And so after all that happened, after I got rejected, I had to go sift through the other options. Where, where, what are other schools that might look good? Where can I go? And like, I just didn't want to do it. I don't even, I like was in a fog. I have no concept of how I picked Emerson. I just like, was like so sad about Northwestern and was like, I don't know this one. And so I, then I went to Emerson and that ended up being like such a great place for me where like Emerson, you know, Emerson 
was a school that had a really great reputation for LGBT students. Mm -hmm. But I was so focused on going to Northwestern for journalism and the prestige that I was like narrow, you know, but I think I wouldn't become, I wouldn't be the like self-assured queer person I am today if I had not ended up at Emerson, which is like the number two gayest school in the country. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you end up where you're meant to be. Also, you know, like I have to say, like a lot of the bullshit around like how difficult it is to get into certain places. It's it's just like this idea of making it's it marketing. Seem, it's marketing. It's marketing. It's making it seem like, oh, because it's difficult, it's worth more. Mm-hmm. I can I cannot express to you how easy it was to get into my program. Yeah. Like I decided to go to Pepperdine like a month before I got into Pepperdine. <laughs> like and you're gonna come out of it with the same with an degree, incredible with education, same, yeah. with the same degree with the same knowledge, with incredible professors. Mm-hmm. I'm not knocking the program. I think the program is incredible. I have had some of the most like unbelievable professors. I've had these women who have such incredible backgrounds, who have who I look up to, who have worked in so many different capacities, mm-hmm. who like have had such storied careers, who like I can't believe are also teaching in addition to everything else that they're doing. But like to get the access to get into this program, minimal. Mm -hmm. Like I wrote like two essays and like submitted my transcript. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to take the GREs. I didn't have to even interview. Mm -hmm. Like it was like it was the the barrier for entry was incredibly low. Mm -hmm. So I think that this idea that like, oh, in order to go to a good program and to like get and and to like really prove myself in this area, it has to be so difficult is false. Yes. Like, it's just not it's true. Marketing, it's PR. Mm-hmm. If that's how, you know, it, it's all sort of, let me tell you, not, not to knock Harvard, although Harvard doesn't need my opinion, but some of the least motivated and less interesting people I've met in Boston were Harvard students. Sorry, Harvard. <laughs> but your, your student body was wholly uninteresting. <laughs> or a lot of times, like, you know, it's like you work really hard and then you get there and then you don't have to work that hard. Like, that's what I... what I found with people I met from Harvard, 100%. So I would not get that, especially like once once you have figured out what it is that you want to do, do not get that hung up on what school it is that you're going to to Mm -hmm. do it. Get hung up on like, how will I be the best in my profession? Yeah. You know, and sometimes that means like, oh, okay, I didn't do that great on this one paper. But then realizing that like, oh, this one paper doesn't mean that I'll be a bad therapist. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I have compassion. I have empathy. I have cultural humility. I understand how to correctly diagnose people. Right. I think it really helps to start to understand in academia to parse out what is actually useful once you enter the workforce. What is and then what is just bullshit, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think will be really helpful. And then and then I think in terms of just this anxiety and waiting period, it's really allowing yourself the grace to say, you know, four schools is not that many, mm-hmm. you know, like and it, and if in this round it ends up that like you didn't land somewhere, then you will apply again. Try again. Uh-huh. And maybe in the meantime, you'll be volunteering at different centers. Maybe you'll maybe you'll volunteer for a, a suicide hotline. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll volunteer for like a community support group or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like there, there are other resources that you can do. There's other ways to help the community in the mental health field. Like maybe you'll get some more experience doing stuff like that. And and then by the time you start school, you'll have even more in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, 
mm-hmm. then that's okay. There's also schools with rolling admission and, and give yourself that freedom that even if your life is not on that track that you thought that it would be on, that, that that's still okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is uh, doesn't make sense at all. Like mm-hmm. there'll be places that you'll get into that you'll be like, what? But then there'll be other places that they'll be like, no. And you're like, really? <laughs> so it's all, it, it doesn't say anything about your self-worth. I know you tie a lot of self-esteem and self-worth to it, but it really says nothing. And shifting your perspective from I'm a student to I'm a future mental health professional, I think will help a lot. Yeah. And fuck you, Northwestern. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Daily Show. I deserve that internship. Yeah. Fuck you, Northwestern and all the other weird schools I got rejected from. (laughs) But like another thing, you know, I was like yesterday, I was like having an office hour with a USC student and talking about how like I got kicked off of the USC improv troupe because I wasn't funny and now I'm teaching comedy at USC. (laughs) Like life is ridiculous. Yeah. And like rejection means nothing as long as you keep going. Right. Ooh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I hope that that helped. If you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around after the break. We'll be talking all about goals. Just between us, it's time for topics. X, 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 baby. Baby. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) A gentle one. A gentle one. Just what we needed. So goals, 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 goals. Goals for days. Goals for days. Oh, wow. Look at Allison pulling out a notepad, pulling out a notepad. Okay. I have to say, I threw out everything Jake ever gave me other than this notepad. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> because I just like it so much. Yeah, huh? okay. it's paper. It's yours. Yeah. Paper it's belongs mine. to it's everyone. Already, it's too useful. Everything else was like, I didn't need it. This mm-hmm. I yeah. need. Well, what did you write down as your goal? Okay, so again, I want to I wanna start by saying I, I, I'll be okay if I don't reach any of these goals. Sure. But I also feel like it's nice to have some things in mind uh-huh. just to sort of like have have some guiding lights. Sure. OK, so so my first goal <laughs> is to be a panelist on the podcast. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Ooh. <laughs> so in case you don't know, that's like a news podcast. I think it's NPR. It's just a fun show. And I've listened to it for years and they have, I feel like I'm of the level because it's not like super famous people. You want me to, I can, you want me to ask Gondelman? Yeah, I would really love to be on this show. That was her long about way of asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So former former JBU guest Josh Gondelman and my favorite ex, favorite ex-boyfriend, I'll say, I'll ask him to get you on. Yeah, because at this point, I I know at least three people who have done it. Okay, then it's re- achievable. It, it feels like done. my most achievable on this list. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom would be really proud of me. We'll make it happen. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Melissa? My first one is to pay off all my debt. And I'm going to be there by October. October? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I've made a spreadsheet, so I'll wow. be there. Wow, what are we going to do to celebrate? 
get a house. <laughs> yeah. So is that the idea? The idea is to pay off all the debt so that you can get a house. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's yes. amazing. I mean, the, and, and, you know, with goals, it's important to have it all like have a spreadsheet, like you said, or have mm-hmm. it all sort of mapped out. Like, how do we get from from A to B to C, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Have you thought about where you want the house to be? Yes. On the west side, because I like mm. living over here. I like yeah. being close to the beach, even though I haven't been in a year. And that's another goal on my list. Um, but uh, yes, just somewhere over here, where I, close to where I already live. I love that your goal is something you have a, a timeline for already. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. That's how I make goals is that I put timelines to them. That's yeah, wonderful. That's oh, I'm great. so happy. Thank you. <gasps> okay, Gabby, your turn. I'm having so much fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, one of my goals is to get my aunt's book published, to help mm. my aunt get her book published. So uh, anyone who's listening that wants to help with this. So my aunt is an incredible writer and she wrote this book that I read and was sobbing reading. And it's about her journey with my uncle who was diagnosed with HIV in 1985 and their sort of journey as a couple through his treatments and stuff. And it, I kind of, it was like, it's a little bit like AIDS Forrest Gump in that like, he's just mm. part of every big thing that happened. Like he was on Larry King at one point to talk about wow. like HIV. Like he's kind of like, and like all these very big medical trials that they were a part of. And the book is just like so heartbreaking and so beautiful. And like, it talks about them you know, all these different uh, alternative medicines that they did. So like Eastern medicine and Native American medicine and like the ways in which those helped. And there's just all these really, it's just like a really beautiful book. And so my goal is to get it published. I don't know where, I don't know how. It's beautiful and it's been sitting on her computer since the 90s. And it needs to be out in the world. So I'm working hard on that. She doesn't want to self-publish? I don't want her to. And even if it's like a small, she doesn't really even care about the money, but I would like a sort of PR backing, you know, like Mm -hmm. I would like a little bit of like a marketing machine behind it. But I mean, it's just like a lot's going on. Like my, he has AIDS and then he also now has stomach cancer. And so he's in chemo right now. um, And I've become very close to them during the pandemic. Like I always was close to them, but I've become like more close to the two of them. And so she's going through it again now, like a similar thing where she's Mm -hmm. by his side and he's sick. And like, it just kind of like she fell in love with this person who she's just nonstop, like put her life basically on hold many times in order to take care of this man that she loves. And it's just like so beautiful and heartbreaking. And and I and I just feel like the book is really like a relevant love story. And also like we're in a pandemic now and AIDS was an epidemic. And I just feel like, it's, I don't know. It's the moment. It is the moment. So yeah. I, a thing that I really want to do is, is do that for her. What's the book called? Right now it's called The Shooter's Wife. Um, and her name's Michelle Baker. And I have said, if anyone wants to publish it, I will write the introduction. I will pimp it out on all of my, <laughs> all of my social medias. I, j- some get at me. I love that. Me too. We should have her on the show. Yeah, I want to. I mean, I, I think we should have her and um and, you know, me, my my uncle right now, I just talked to him and he's a little bit of a mush head from chemo. 
So you probably not for a while, but I'll tell you one really sad part um, is that they had this dog and the dog like was like really close with Michelle. And then they gave Stephen like a year and a half to live. And then he lived past that. Eventually the dog got sick and they had to put the dog down. And she was like crying about the dog. And she said that Stephen was like, this is so weird. And she was like, why? And he's like, I thought for sure that like Maggie was going to be comforting you about my death, not the other way around. Wild. Yeah, they're wonderful people. I would like that book to be published. Please help me, somebody. Thank you. Call Josh Gondelman. Josh Gondelman, <laughs> help me. Josh, it's so weird because he can also help Melissa pay off her debt. I don't know how, but he's, he's able to help no, everybody Melissa's with got their goals. that. Well, if he if he wants to like Venmo me a few dollars, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, say yeah. no. Yeah, it's so weird. He's a realtor as well. Like I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna love this anyway. <laughs> now I feel bad. None of my goals are selfless. No, 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 no. My other ones are completely selfish. So she started please. off. So, please, you want me to do one? Okay, I'll do a selfish one. These are tangible things. I wrote down stuff like become less jealous in my career and make more efforts towards friends and things like that. But in terms of tangible stuff, um, I would like you to don't make think a f- making efforts with friends tangible. I just mean those are like like those aren't like things to do. Those are like eat eat better was one of them. Like you know what I mean? Like these are ones that are like. Be on social media less like those are kind of like we get it like those are goals or whatever. But I'm talking about like stuff like like you said, like buy a house or like, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. I I would like to make a feature film. Mm. I would like to make a movie. I have seen people that are this is going to sound bad. I've seen people that make movies that I think I could do a better job. Uh. <laughs> I was so curious how you were going to phrase that. <laughs> Sometimes I see a movie and I go, I could have done this better. Mm-hmm. And it's not enough to sit here and say that. And I have some stuff going on towards that. And I and I wrote a screenplay that I'm really proud of. And I would like to make it into a movie now, please. That's great. <laughs> That's also one of my goals. Really? really? Yeah. Did you, a, a specific movie you've already written or one? Yeah, I've got- uh, two screenplays <gasps> right oh my god go. hello if you're a financier get at me and melissa we have the same goals because i also want to buy a house like we want to we want to make a movie and buy a house like should we yes. be married like what's going on <laughs> i want to read these movies send me the movies okay, okay. <laughs> melissa um, send us your movies i will do you guys also want to direct them or act in them or what? Are- I haven't acted since 2004. <laughs> <laughs> um, what an act it was. She's like, I won an, I won an Emmy for it, but never yeah, again. But, you know, I go out on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no part for me in it. So probably not. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like I could direct it. Here's the thing. This is what I'm talking about. It's like so many people that, are just like p- random people that are like, I, d- I can direct. And it's like, you you are just like, you are just some guy. It's like, well, I'm some guy. Like I can direct. But sometimes <laughs> I think it's great to collaborate. Oh, I want, I definitely, I don't think I want to direct it. And I didn't write a role for myself. So if you're a director, if you're Patty Jenkins or somebody, please, <laughs> please write in. Amazing. I'll direct your movies. <laughs> hey, what a full slate. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got, look, we've got, we can form our own production company here. We've got the scripts written. Allison will direct. We just need money. Yeah. yeah. If Josh Gogelman. Yeah. <laughs> if someone with money wants to help yeah. us, please write in. We can produce it. Like we can do all that. We just I need yeah, money. Though, yeah. Right? Yeah. I love money. Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need more of it. <laughs> I think one of my goals was to work on a TV show that's actually on the air. Oh. Mm-hmm. So what a dream. Because I've I've been in I've been in many a development on a TV show, but I've never actually gotten to work on one that's on the air. Mm-hmm. And so originally I was like, do I put show run a TV show? But then I was like, I think I would be happy just to be in a room. Mm-hmm. I'd just love to be a part of a show that's actually being made. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that would be wonderful. I think just making stuff that's being made again would be would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, do you <laughs> did you also write down like things that are like, you know, make efforts towards friends, be less jealous, no. be closer to parents? Like, did you write stuff like that down? Mine were all career stuff. Oh, I'm bad. Tra- <laughs> Mine are no. like I'm like try to be good. Per- like I'm like literally a person who's like like I have notes on my hand that are like be good person, and I'm like <laughs> okay, check, try to do it. Like. I think that's a great thing to be aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had one that was to have a real conversation with a friend once a week. Oh, Not yeah. just like texting, but to have an actual conversation. Mm-hmm. That's like on perfect. The FaceTime or phone. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Mine should be like, learn what volume is and also stop talking <laughs> over people. Like true. Like I need to like, I need like artwork that says stop talking over people and then I need to hang it on my eyeballs? I don't really know. Google goggles. I used to do that more. It's something you can definitely work on. Yeah. I really am trying, you guys. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I really am. <laughs> I, I can see it. like it. Yeah. I can 100% see Ugh, it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's still not good, but... I think it's a lot better. I agree. It was a lot better from when I first produced this the last <laughs> time around. Oh, that's so good. Okay. I feel good about it. I also have been... This is not a goal, really, but I've been reading a lot more nonfiction because I want to know what really happened. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. all of these historical things that we just heard heard by osmosis. And it's like, mm-hmm. OK, so like, for instance, I was reading a book about Tina Turner. And I know that like from references and jokes, you know, they're like, oh, I can Tina or whatever. But he was like a shithead. And so I think like it's, you know, the way that we as as a society are like going back over the Tanya Harding stuff, going back over the Monica Lewinsky stuff. Like, I I think I'm trying to make it a point to, like, actually read from that person what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think with the Ike and Tina thing, a lot of the, like, quote unquote jokes from it came from the movie that was based on them. And so mm-hmm. people quote the movie as a joke when they mm-hmm. take out that she's a real person. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy, I mean, he should... I can't believe that anybody even speaks of him he's Mm -hmm. a monster yeah i don't know much about it let me tell you something trigger warning whatever the entire book is like and then i went on stage and then i got off stage and ike beat the shit out of me Mm -hmm. and then i went back on stage and i did this and i recorded this song and then when i got home ike beat the shit out of me like it's so repetitive it's almost like like what horrible horrible and so um anyway justice for tina turner i love her so much And I also wrote um, less social media. Let me tell you, quote me, 
Nobody needs to be on Twitter. I, I don't know. I have such, um, I, I really lean towards seeing the positive in the internet because I think that, I think we live in a city, but I think there are a lot of people who live in smaller communities where they don't have access to people like them mm-hmm. and they don't have access to people with more diverse thoughts. And I think it's like a way for people to realize they're not alone. And I think it's a way for people to build community and okay. to learn things and I revise. Don't know. If you're famous in any way, get off Twitter. <laughs> Unless you're Dion Warwick. Unless you're Dion Warwick. Yes. If you're a public facing person in any capacity, delete everything you've ever tweeted and close your account. I mean, I just think it, I think you have to really check in with yourself and see what it's doing to you. So if you're able to have a healthy relationship with it, then great. But if you're not, then you have to be aware of that and then maybe check out. <laughs> because one of my other goals is to write every day. And I mm-hmm. think that I was wasting a lot of time on my phone. I lost sight of what I actually do, which is write. Mm-hmm. So I needed to like focus up. Yeah. Melissa, what are your other goals? Start to date. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. So, so I went excited. to uh, do my Hinge profile. But <gasps> then I realized that I have not taken any pictures in a year. So mm-hmm. I'll have to waste. <laughs> I'd say if the photo is within a three three years, you're fine. Um, I think personally for me, I have put on a little bit of weight during the quarantine. And I don't think that my pictures actively depict what I look mm-hmm. like right now. I get that. I yeah. felt that way too when I when I re-signed up. You know what we could do is we could go do a photo shoot day. <laughs> okay. Like an outdoor photo shoot day. Sounds good. Ooh, I'll bring different good. outfits. Different outfits. We could be in the park. Oh, we could I could knock another one off your list. We could go to the beach. Yes. <laughs> you guys have never heard of self timer? I but like you they don't, don't ever that. turn they don't turn out right for me. And you want it to be like that she's like doing stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like so it'll be like, you know, we'll do it. We'll we'll have a whole thing. Okay. okay. I yeah. fake I fake stuff with self timer all the time. I'll put the self timer on and I'll be like, oh, didn't see you there. <laughs> um, I'm bad at that. When you go to where you're going next week, like mm-hmm. try to oh, get yeah. a photo there. Yes. Just like mm-hmm. say this li- is my home. Yeah. Be like a little <laughs> more aware of, of when you do go places. And yeah. then we can also do a day where it's planned. Yes. yes. Why is one of your goals to date more? Because I haven't. She hasn't dated because yeah. it's been a, a year of a pandemic. Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying some people are like, I don't care. Well, I want to have a partner. Oh, there you go. I think people, like we've said on the show many times, people think it just falls into your lap. Mm -hmm. But no, you you have have to to actively pursue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agree. What is what's another one of your goals, Allison? I want to I want to sell another book. Yeah. Yeah. The book that you're currently writing, when does that come out? Right now it's coming out in May 2022. Okay. But I would really like to sell another book in the mental health space. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now I'm like rolling around the idea of like a book about like how to build a good relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that you're just trying to you're like, I'm going to have a book out every year. So by when the first one comes out in 2022, you're like, don't worry, I already got the one for 2023. I already got the one for 2024. <laughs> but that's what authors do. I know. know. So I, I kind of want to establish myself as like an author and um, I would love I would love to get that role in that. That's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, I obviously have to see how this one does. And so then another goal is like, I also want to, um, I would, one of my big goals is I really would love to do a mental health TED talk. You can Ooh! totally do that. Like now I see yeah. it now. How? <laughs> you can just sign up to do a TED talk. Really? Yeah. Sure. You can? Yes. Well, TEDx. Yeah. I want a real one. Whoa. I want them to come to me. Wow. Maybe do a TEDx one and then. All of these goals that I think are so unattainable, <laughs> I can just like sign up to do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I do just sign up to do that. Do they have to like accept me or like they can just anybody, literally anybody can do it? Former podcast guest Ella Dawson used to work at TED. So you should she ask did. her. I should ask her. Yeah. Wow. We've had a lot of really great guests. I would love to like get in the speaking circuit about mm-hmm. like mental health and dating and stuff and like mm-hmm. potentially like uh do uh maybe colleges and like talk about it and stuff if you're a college listening to this write in get allison to speak at your college sure please that's very attainable too these are all attainable guys none of us put down like bro wings you know <laughs> i think even like for the college speaking anybody that's at a college that likes allison and they want you to come speak very attainable because you just got to do something with like the student support services or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go to them. I them brought come. this up to my manager so many times and he's like, nah. <laughs> well, they come to you. They'll come to you directly. Schools. Yeah, please. College kids yeah. hire me. Yeah. yeah. I got the goods. She does got the goods. I used to like when like when I was in college, I used to help do these like it's very obtainable. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, mm. this is the importance of speaking our goals yes. into, into the ether. Yes, yes, yes. That's why you got to tell people, hey, I got scripts. I got screenplays. Mm-hmm. I got book ideas. I got I want to buy a house. If you're a realtor, hit me up. <laughs> Trying to buy a house in upstate New York. Help me. <laughs> I want to buy a cabin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also thinking like house in Palm Springs rented out most of the year and then That's get smart. You okay, you are really Good. reaching. I'm trying to buy like a like a uh upstate New York, like not I mean, I don't want to spend half a mil is the thing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Palm but Springs I think and by the beach is like half a Palm mil to Springs a mil. Is yes, but you can make it back during Coachella. Mm-hmm. Like you make it back so fast. So fast. <gasps> no, I scaled. I want a cabin. <laughs> and I want you to could use the money. You could use the money from your Palm Springs house to then buy the cabin. And then you got two houses. I also want to live somewhere out in the woods just in case the rev starts and I'm going to need to like <laughs> hide away. <laughs> Says the person who just got the airsoft gun. <laughs> I did get an airsoft gun. I know. <laughs> But it's to it's to scare people during the rev. I know. <laughs> I want to get an arrow. Have I spoke about that? I feel like I have. You want to get you a bow and arrow? A, you no, I want to get one. Oh, one okay. of the ones that are, I don't even know what it's called, but one of the ones you just pull the trigger on. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, we're all like, yeah, we're preparing for the apocalypse. I have a fucking airsoft gun. You've got a bow and arrow. Really, yeah. I'm like, I would just like to speak at colleges. <laughs> Like, honestly, we like we are the jankiest Hunger Games of all time. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do we rate this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it uh, 72 out of 70 celebrations for grandmothers. Oh, I love that. 
I will give it 50 out of 45 arrows that you just push. (laughs) (laughs) I will rate it 101 out of 100 schools that it doesn't matter if you get into. Yep. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Well, 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 everyone. This was a very coherent episode. Uh, So anyway, thank you for listening. Please come back on Friday. We're going to be joined by Tony Varean for some tough questions about workplace mental health and employee benefits. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast at YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. And also at JBU Podcast on Instagram, at Allison Raskin on Instagram, and at Gabby Road on Instagram. Bye! Forever! Yeah.